Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Ruminations of Red Rum. I'm your host, Kyle, with a K. And today, I have joining me for the first time in over a month, Brendan, the new blood. Ah, I'm so fucking pumped. Brendan, how are you doing? How's life? It's been a mo- over a month, actually. Yeah, um, it has been. What's um, going on? Well, I went to France, and that was uh, an exceptional time. The, the first time I've ever left uh, the good old U.S. of A. Um, I went to go spread my uh, patriotism over across those cheese-eating fucks. Um, How many times did you shout America in the middle of a crowd? At least a hundred. Good, good. Um, right, thank you. But uh, no, I, I had a, an amazing time. But the most notable thing is my very first night there, uh, I was walking, Lucy and I were walking the streets at about like 11 o'clock. We were a little drunk. It was after dinner. Um, because the Grand Guignol Theater, which I think I mispronounced, um, was actually very close to where we were having dinner and you guys would dig this theater because it was a, an avant-garde horror theater that did horror plays between the 1860s and the early 1900s. What? I said you had me at 1860s. Oh, oh there you go. Um, unfortunately that building has been torn down and is now an apartment complex so i took a very sad photo outside of it um he took a picture of a random right. apartment <laughs> complex. <laughs> uh we can we can put that on the twitter i'll send it um yeah, yeah 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 and uh so as we were just walking to try and find one more drink before we went back to the hotel who did i run into no one other than the mustachioed man himself, uh, Gaspar Noe. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah, I ran into him as he and his girlfriend, I or his muse, more likely. Um, they were paying for dinner. They were sitting outside, so I didn't, you know, go inside to, like be a creep. And since they were leaving, I just shot my shot. I went up, and uh, he said he remembered my face from uh, the premiere of Vortex. Um. Which I think he was just bullshitting me. But uh, yeah, I ran in him. We talked for about five minutes and then I cried. So, I mean, you have a pretty unforgettable face. Oh, um, and also, just for the audience that doesn't birthmark. know who Gaspar Noe is, you want to give the elevator pitch? Uh, yeah, he did um, a short film called Carne, which I still don't know if we're pronouncing that correctly. Um, which was followed by um, I Stand Alone, which is a really graphic, fucked up movie. From there, he did Irreversible, which has one of the uh, craziest R scenes in the world. Um, I don't know why I said R scene. Um, from there, Enter the Void, which is just a psychological or psychedelic mind fuck. Um, from there, he kind of fell off a little bit, I would say. I don't know if you guys would agree. And then he came back strong with um, Climax and Vortex. Well, very cool. Sounds like you had a good time. Um, have you been watching any movies lately, or have you indulged in any media, video games, books? Yeah, um, let me just uh, give two quick... Um, 
the I watched the very ring. quick, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had a brain malfunction. Um, watched the ring directly after watching the movie we're going to talk about today. Um, but I'll wait to kind of get into that. Um, yes, I beat yes. the quarry. I don't know if I said that. No. Um, no. it was it was amazing. I only had two characters killed, and it were the two that I did. It was the two. It is the two I didn't care about. Um, have have you played it yet, Kyle? I have. Uh, I have not finished it. Hmm. Um, so I started it with my significant other, Dom, and we're only playing it together. And we usually only have like one night a week where we actually can dedicate a, a lot of time together now because of our work schedules. So um, I'm playing it pretty much one day a week for a couple hours or try to, you know, play for a couple hours. But uh, it's it's going okay so far. I think I'm on chapter four. Okay. Um, it's well. I want to know what you think about it first. Um, I, what's I, like your elevator pitch on that? Um, I I think it's a worthy successor to the quarry or to um until dawn. It's a lot more like until dawn than the dark picture games were, which I wasn't the biggest fan of those. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that this kind of goes back to the precedent that Larry Fessenden and um uh. I almost said Trent Reznor. Um, uh, the other guy, oh, Jesus Christ, how am I forgetting this? Um, the other guy that wrote it is the guy who wrote and directed Until Dawn. Um, sorry, I'm pulling up the name. Graham Resnick, Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, so uh, I'm glad that Graham Resnick was heavily involved in it because his style rubbed off a lot more on it than the Dark Picture games. Yeah, I agree. Um, I've only played a, a little bit of Man of Madon, so I, I guess I don't really have that much experience with the Dark Picture games. But I will say my first impressions on The Quarry is it's a beautiful game. Um, the presentation is solid. Um, it's it's charming. It's witty. Um, I like the characters. The writing is is definitely the strong suit in yes. in the game for sure. Um, I think it's it's more the gameplay that kind of falls short to me um i like these type of uh narrative choice games um i just think that supermassive uh doesn't do it as well as like quantic dream with like heavy rain and beyond Mm -hmm. two souls and things like that i think the game part of it is better with those games um i guess what i'm saying is like there's not enough control of your character in the quarry and when you do get control there's not enough going on yeah and um, it's almost like they could have just committed to it just being a interactive movie with yeah, which choices. Was, which I think would have been fine as well. I think it would have been better, in my opinion, um, just because I think the gameplay parts of it really kind of take away from it. Uh, I'll, but, be I'll be interested to hear what you have to say after you get more of the uh, quick time events and the shooting things where you know mm. your options could have a positive or negative effect. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that stuff because the main thing I liked about um, Until Dawn, which they haven't really done a lot in this yet, is the urgency of time to make decisions before something mm-hmm. happens. Like in the quarry, every big event that's happened so far that can drastically change like an outcome of a character, they don't have like a time frame that you really have to pick for the like you know the choice. 
you could just put the controller down and talk about it for like five, oh, 10 yes. minutes. Oh, yes. I know, yep. I know exactly what you're talking about. And that, I'm not that. really a fan of that because like the big strong suit about Until Dawn and a lot of the uh, Quantic Dream games is that, you know, you, you, you would, that adrenaline would fuel because you're like, dude, I have like three seconds to make this choice or else like, you know, like I, like I, I got to make it now. Yeah. But it, it kind of takes away that, that, um, excitement in this game because you can like i said just put down the controller and just you have all the time in the world to make the decision so i'm hoping that changes later on in the game at least a little bit but um i will say that i'm glad i bought it um i want to support these type of games because i mm -hmm. think they should make more of them and uh i do think 70 dollars is kind of too much of a hefty price tag for this game in my opinion so far but i'm still glad that i paid um, that much for it so we can you know hopefully get more and the, the very last thing i have for that game and i will concede the rest of my time i'll make this quick um that's fine the uh you know the the holding your breath function which if yes. you're if you're chapter four you've only probably done it once right a couple times i think i've done it like okay two or three times so the the thing is the character the creature or whatever you're hiding from will always leave when you have at least a quarter of your breath bar left. Mm. And I really, it, it's, it's an interesting idea. It's a nice play on the hold your controller and don't move it thing from until dawn. Um, but it's just, there's no, I'll kind of go back to what you said. There's no urgency because you know, you're going to have more than enough time to just hold R2 until the fucking creature or whatever leaves the scene. Um, yeah. So yeah. That's I just feel like that's kind of a flawed. Uh, it was a good idea in concept, and I don't know if they used it properly. Yeah, I agree. We'll just we'll put a period on it right there because that. Yeah. yeah, that's uh, it's well said. Um, you got anything else? Nope, I am all caught up. Also with us, with the long-awaited intro, we have Ian with. Nihau, yo, all that hype before the cast, almost completely gone. Why is that? <clears throat> I was just sitting here waiting, hearing you guys talk about some stupid ass fucking getting. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, I do want to play the quarry. It's got a freaking stellar cast. That cast is uh, pretty insane. Um, what's yeah. been going on in your life, Ian? I've been just trying to get out of this godforsaken place, you know, Kyle. I just want to leave. Just want to leave forever. It's like hot all the time, and it's like living in it's dude. It's exactly like living in hell, like <laughs> what I imagine, though. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, for everybody out there, he's talking about the good old Arizona, but more southern Arizona, and uh, it's. I mean, it's it's pretty hot everywhere right now, but yeah, we're getting it pretty bad for sure. I agree. Yeah. <clears throat> been indulging in any media lately absolutely and let me talk about all 40 films that i've watched <laughs> in our in our little uh time frame here just kidding Only I'm... You take your time with each and every one of them please Ooh, say less kyle say less um so i went on a bit of a cronenberg um spurt watch the brood Pretty good, very good. Um, Scanners, was expecting a little more. Watch, and then I finished with Videodrome. I'm kind of getting ready to watch um, that that new one, um, Crimes of the Future. Is that what it's, what it's called? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I 
it, it got me a little hyped for that. It got me a little hyped. I should have watched it like after I watched all three of those because it, the hype's it, it, it's died down a little bit. It's 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 almost completely gone. But um, <laughs> I still do want to see that movie. Uh, Videodrome was fantastic. Um, it was it was like it was made for me for people like me. Weirdos. Um, yeah, I like that movie. It was awesome. Um, Breakdown, a little hidden gem uh, thriller. Kyle, you've seen this movie. It's got Kurt Russell. Um, and then yes. that one other dude. Um, TJ Walsh, or JT Walsh. Fantastic. Uh, do you remember anything from that uh, movie, Kyle? I remember the the main story beats. It's been a long time since I've seen it. Like, over 10 years. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I remember the main story beats for sure. Yeah, I was I was very very surprised. Um, I was just like, you know, you know what? One morning, I'm just gonna w- wake up and uh, want to watch a Kurt Russell movie. Saw that on HBO Max, threw it on, no expectations. Left me warm inside. There's something very special about seeing a movie that you've never heard of with a very high profile actor or actress yeah. that doesn't get talked about. Um, it's almost like you're discovering something that nobody else has seen, even though a million other people have seen the movie. But uh, yeah, no, that, that that's a good one. That's exactly good one. how I felt. Yeah. Um, I watched the new Jurassic World Dominion, absolutely dog water film. Um, but it's got dinosaurs, and I really like dinosaurs, so I can't hate it too much. Um, very biased there. Um, I watched Iron Monkey, a kyle recommendation from before i even met him like that 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 was one of the first movies he ever recommended to me um iron monkey kyle um you love this movie am i am i wrong i you're not wrong (laughs) i own it (laughs) i i do love this movie i do own this movie yeah fantastic film uh i'm not into wire work stuff um, it has a lot, but it doesn't go super overboard. Like, no one's flying, landing on fucking tree leaves, all right? Um, but it, it's well choreographed, and the story is fantastic. Um, absolutely fantastic film. Uh, after that, when I, I started my uh, Mission Impossible um, journey, watched mm-hmm. the first two, still waiting for Kyle to catch up. Um, moving on from that... I watched da, 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 the Black Phone. Very disappointed, Kyle. Um, how'd you feel about that one? <clears throat> um, I was I was also disappointed. Um, but this is your intro, Ian. Talk to me about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, super overhyped. I think the hype um, almost diminished all of my expectations for that movie. Um, I am. Equally as excited to hear what Brendan has to say about this film. I know you wanted to hear that, Kyle. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I definitely want to know what Brendan has to say about this movie. Um, yeah, I, I just feel like this movie... Okay, not even just this movie in general, but just movies coming out nowadays in this genre. Try to tackle so many different things without, like, um, wrapping a bow on any of the narrative threads that it's trying to go for it's almost like they're just throwing a bunch of concepts at a wall that are popular in multiple genres and then just saying that they all fit when in reality it doesn't feel like they do to me um i'm talking very 
Um, <laughs> I, I get you. I, I try I get not you. to give away too much, yeah. so so I'm so I'm sorry. I'm being kind of discreet about it, but um, yeah, it, it just it seems very uh, uh, just just all over the place, and like it was trying to do a lot, but didn't do one particular thing very well. Also, uh, I'm in the minority on that opinion because a lot of people love it, so. It's getting I'm, a lot of praise. A lot of praise. Of praise. A lot of praise. And uh, I just want to know what the consensus is. Like the I'm, overall, the people that like this movie, what do they think? Yeah. I'm, I thought we were talking about the grudge. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized you're talking about Black Phone. I'm sorry. Black Phone. Yeah. Black Phone. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that's. That's my thoughts on Similar that. movies, though, and throwing ideas everywhere and going nowhere with them. Um, then we watched the Cemetery Man. We had a, we had a bit of a, a bit of a day there. We watched Cemetery Man. We both loved that. Um, mm-hmm. Not going to go too into that since we're going to do an episode. On it. <laughs> uh, watch the Mad God, not the Mad God, just Mad God. Uh, Phil Tippett, known for like his uh, special effects. Um, it was it was really great. It was um, I love the. The visuals were fantastic. It was a little like disturbing. It was, um, it felt low budget, but you could see like all the hard work that he put into the film. It was, um, it was really good. Uh, and then I think that's all I really want to go into. Um, I watched the Juan the Curse one and two along with two shorts before I watched uh, this movie, and uh, I'll go into that more when we revisit the film today very cool awesome um hey kyle, hey kyle. Uh, yeah what have you been up to oh thank you thank you guys morning um a lot of my media indulgement has kind of crosses over with what ian and brendan have already kind of covered so i won't go into too much what i will say is that i discovered a director and his name is joel Patricus. i believe that's how you say his last name um i really really like this director um, I bought the movie, uh, it's called Buzzard and, um, it's a 2014 film. It's really, really good in my opinion. Um, I kind of went down a rabbit hole with this director. Uh, he has a few movies that have come out recently and they're kind of on multiple streaming sites, but I watched one called Relaxer and then a more hard to find film of his, which is only about 20 minutes long and it's called Coyote about a kid that uh is a drug addict and he also is a werewolf and he's (laughs) to deal with that um i just i really like the way this guy films and it's it's kind of hard to explain but there's always like a subtle i won't say supernatural element to the movie but um he takes very minor mundane things and makes them um fantastical i guess in some ways and he's also like it's also very gross and kind of disturbing the shit that he uh very uncomfortable imagery um but not like you would think in like a horror sense um it's this guy's this guy's wacky this guy's weird i i really appreciate his film so far from what i've seen and i I don't know if you would be too into this stuff, Ian. In fact, I, I wouldn't really recommend it to you. I, Brendan, I would feel like you might find more enjoyment out of these films or maybe something out of it. Not all of them. I think you would probably hate Relaxer, actually. 
but um you should probably watch the buzzard movie it's just called buzzard um i i recommended it to ian before but he hasn't watched it yet i i do think both you guys might find something to enjoy about that film but um i guess to put a pin on it i am really glad i discovered this director because these movies are very kyle ass movies and i enjoy them quite a bit i like the alchemist cookbook that's the only one of his that i've seen Oh, you've seen a movie of his. Yes. Awesome. Yes. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, that's that's actually next on my list. I was, I was oh, nice. But uh, yeah. I'm definitely going to check out Buzzard. That sounds very interesting. Awesome, awesome. Well, today we are covering a 2004 film. Now, the highest grossing horror movies of 2004 were The Grudge, The Dawn of the Dead remake, and Saw in that order. Would you guys agree with that order? We'll, we'll go with you, Brennan. Saw number one. And number two. Saw. And number three. Saw. Well, you're here first, guys. <laughs> On all three, uh, all three top spots for Brennan. Ian, we'll throw it over to you. How would you rank that top three of 2004? Do you like that list? Do you agree with it? Would you rearrange it? Do you enjoy the movies? So the list that you said was in... The ranking of like uh, highest grossing, highest grossing. So Not the grudge was the highest. Rate. Yeah, yeah. The okay. grudge was the highest grossing. Um, I'd put Dawn of the Dead remake number one over Saw. Saw two mm. and um, Grudge three. Mm. And personal liking, actually, oh, I, no, I, I, I put I put Saw at number one. But I think that um, I would have thought that. Um, Donna Dead would have been like a very high grossing uh, film. It was pretty good. It was, it was good. Also, it was also rated R. Ooh. Oh, I mean, Saw and the Saw was rated R, right? Uh, yeah. Wait, I thought the first one was PG 13. Mm, looking it up right now. Yeah, I might, I might be wrong. I don't know. It, it does have a lot less um, gore. gore than people think. The Grudge is PG 13. Yeah, well, I mean, that kind of makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's see. Saw's rated R. Saw's oh, okay. Rated R. I, okay. I concede. Yeah, I mean, I think that Dawn of the Glover. Dead. I mean, Zack Snyder wasn't too famous at this point, so it definitely wasn't director recognition that people were going to see that movie. And I feel like that Dawn of the Dead was also. I, I mean, Land of the Dead was still coming out around this time. George Romero was still popping out films, but the original Dawn of the Dead. There were so many decades between this that. I don't think that there was a lot of hype for it, but I'm glad it got in number two and it did well. But yeah, um, I think for for a genre IP that will that would possibly only appeal to the people who know the property already. Exactly. Um, I think that that is. I think that's a fair spot. Exactly. I agree with you. Um, I would probably arrange this order. Um, what I think is best is Saw, Dawn of the Dead, and Grudge. My personal though, I I think I might. No, that's not true. I like Saw more than Dawn of the Dead. But I do like Dawn of the Dead a lot, so I would go Saw, Dawn of the Dead, and Grudge. I um, forgot what I was about to say. All right, so we are covering today the 2004 film. Great year. Great. <laughs> oh, Great year. year. Ian, wait, you were born in 2004? No, you weren't. No. Director <laughs> Takashi Shimizu. Release date, October 22nd, 2004. Perfect time frame for this horror movie. 
It had a budget of $10 million, which if you put that into perspective is $2 million less of a budget than House of the Dead. Worldwide, it made $187,281,115. The Grudge was released in North America on October 22nd. The film received mixed reviews from critics who found it illogical and barely scary. In its opening weekend, the film grossed $39 million, becoming the first horror film since the remake House on Haunted Hill to top the Halloween box office and until the Friday the 13th remake in 2009 had the highest grossing opening weekend for a horror remake. That's fucking hysterical. <laughs> the film was followed by two sequels, theatrically released The Grudge 2 in 2006, great year, and straight to video The Grudge 3, 2009, not great year. A remake, also entitled The Grudge 2020, takes place concurrently with the events of the film and its two sequels. Oh, Nicholas Pesci directed that. Yeah, I saw that in theaters. Everyone hates that movie. Which one? Uh, the 2020 Grudge. Oh, yeah, I didn't see that one. I still haven't seen that one. Um, yeah, uh, everyone hates it. So, do you hate it? I don't, I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. And that one runs concurrently with this one, right? The first grudge. No, it's a, like a reboot, it's just a reboot. Oh, okay, because it says takes place concurrently with the events of this film and its two sequels. The story is more convoluted than um, the Saw saga, so. It's it's hard to really place it somewhere for me. Okay, fair enough. This cast of Sarah Michelle Geller, Jason bow, Bear, Clea Duvall. Bow. Let's give a shout out to Grace Zabriskie, mm. who is my girl, Laura Palmer's mom, Sarah Palmer in Twin Peaks, and Bill Pullman as Peter in Lost Highway. We got some uh, Lynch veterans here, and then also Ted Raimi as Alex. But my very, 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 very handsome man, Ryu Ishibashi, yes, as Nakagawa from the audition. I love this man. I was very thrown off because I haven't seen this movie since after or since before I've seen auditions. So when he popped on screen, I got very excited because I really like this. I really like this actor. Um, but when he started talking in English, I, I, I was like, is this? Is this like is that really him speaking English or was it dubbed? And it was really him. And I was, I I was I was very surprised. I was impressed. His English um, is pretty good. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. But um, a pretty cool cast. I was actually surprised by a lot of the faces that showed up because I didn't remember them. You guys have any opinions on the cast? I like it. I like the cast. Um, I was a little thrown off by the um, the two people who were married. Um, cause it just seemed like more of like a dad and a daughter to me, but no, they were, yeah, there was one, um, moment where he called her like kiddo or something. Yes. yes. Like, that, that was the scene. The I was like, is the fuck calls their, their wife kiddo. Yeah. <laughs> that completely threw me off. That one line completely threw me off until they showed, um, a photo of their, from their marriage. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. What about you, Brendan? Any standouts in the cast? I know that you're a big fan of Ted Raimi. Uh, well, first I will say, uh, Clea Duval, that girl's got body karate. Um, uh, Ted Raimi, fucking amazing as always. Uh, he can, you know, actually, uh, that makes the second appearance of both Ted Raimi and Grace Zabriskie in this episode. 
You're very correct. Because she plays the yeah. curator in the quarry, and mm -hmm. she plays the bed pissing mother in this. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> also, uh, that one dude from Lost is in this. Uh, William Mapother. Mapother. I don't know how you pronounce that, but I love his character in Lost. Never seen Lost, but I know it's importance in the pop culture world. So, what well, about Doug? Doug's a bitch. <laughs> okay, that was way too far. Way too far. Let me back up. But yeah. also, something that I don't like about Doug is that he calls Sarah Michelle Geller by her name Karen the whole time. And who talks to their girlfriend like this? Like, all this, this dialogue written with these relationships, it's got to go. Honestly, thought that uh, she was his teacher from school. Um, and they were just hooking up. But... Like, I don't know. It, it was a little confusing. Yeah. It's, it's just very confusing. This whole movie. Let's dive in, boys. The whole series. Let's dive in. Fine. Ian, we know your thoughts. We have your letterboxed rating. We know everything about your personal life. So we're going to start with you. <laughs> what you know, shit is <laughs> your thoughts on the 2000 film, 2004 film, excuse me, The Grudge? All right, so this was the single biggest film in my childhood. Um, please, not even joking. Please elaborate. <laughs> um, uh, where, where do I start? Um, so I, I have a lot of childhood trauma from uh, my parents just uh, doing this voice, the, the sound that, that is made in this film, hiding under my bed, hiding in my closet, Hiding Jesus in Christ. the bathroom with the lights off, in the shower, um, scaring the fuck out of me throughout my entire life. So um, I'm a little, little, you know, sore subject to this this film. This is my second or third time viewing it. Um, I actually cracked the seal on the like fourth copy that I've owned of this of this movie. It's it's always been around. Um, I could not. Growing up, I, I could not um, look at the DVD cover or like even touch it because I thought that the curse would um, hang on to me and I would die. Um, so in that sense, Kyle, that's that's what that means. Um, but enough about your childhood trauma. What do you think <laughs> of the movie? <laughs> um, dang, I was going to go into a little story of like little Ian no, creeping no, 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 no. in. Bring it in, bring it in. Bring okay, it in. okay. My my first, my very first story time, yeah, um, very first viewing. So there I am, little Ian, little South Kakalaki Ian, uh, probably like five, four, five, or six. Um, lights are off, right? Like every light in the house is off. Um, all that's on is the 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 TV screen. I was supposed to be in bed. It was late at night. My I'm parents were watching. I'm picturing this right now. Sorry. Keep going. <laughs> the moon's rising. Owls. Hooting. Ooh, I'm getting chills. Eyes are closed, guys. <laughs> Little Ian gets out of his bed. He hears something in the living room through his, through his little door. Get you, you had a little door? Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. It was a big door, actually, because I was little. It was big. Gotcha. Um, crawling, literally crawling out of my bed, hands and knees, opening the door. Why do you crawl on your hands and knees? First of all, because he's little. Okay, because I'm right. little, Kyle. I'm like, I'm like a foot at this point, right? 
Um, <laughs> so you're like a gremlin in this story. Yes. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Continue. Um, ee, doors opening. Ee. Huh. What's mama? Papa? What is that? <laughs> they don't hear me. I creep towards the living room. There are three. It's like a, a sectional couch in three sections, but it's they're not connected. So there's a coffee table in between all of them, but it's in a U shape, right? So that, so that no one has to be close to each other. Got exactly, it. right? Little Ian crawling to underneath one of the coffee tables, literally on my hands and knees. Still there's, don't know why you're on your hands and knees, but go ahead. Because I'm like, I'm not supposed to be out of my room, right? I'm supposed to be sleeping. Oh, okay. And if, if they catch me out of my room, they're just going to put me back in, right? Um, Wait, but you did. <laughs> they're the ones that are forcing you out of the room. But if they catch me, slap, 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 they're just going to put me back in the room. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Forcefully. Um, Forcefully. I find this little crack in between the couch and the coffee table. I peek my little head in. Through the, through the crack, I see the TV. There I watch. For about, mm, I remember um, the start of the film, which was like her going up to the attic and then um, up until the scene with Ted Raimi in the staircase. And then I That's left kind of the movie. I left to my room again. That started this entire um, psychological warfare between me and my parents. That's not where I thought this story was going. Yeah, me neither. But continue. Are we done? Uh, that was it. That oh, was it. gotcha, gotcha. Uh, what do I think about this film? Um, it's pretty good. It, it's all right. Um, it's not as scary as I remember. Um, but there are some really good scares and really um, iconic um, scares. There... We'll get into it once we get into the uh, official movie. But... Um, mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it, it was all right. It was all right. Not as, as scary as I remember. And I watched this on a DVD. Not illegally. I'm proud of you. Brendan, we're going to throw it over to you. What are your thoughts of the 2004 film, The Grudge? And were um, you little or had little doors or little stories to go along with this? <laughs> <laughs> um, well... All I know is I just hope that we don't destroy this movie because when something dies in the grip of a powerful rage, a curse is born. Um, I grew up terrified of this movie. My we had my dad's side of the family had a cabin in the Poconos, and one of the nights there, my dad and I rented the Grudge. I was probably let's see would have been eleven or twelve at the time. Uh, and it scared the ever-loving piss out of me. I actually think this is only the second, I want to say the second time I've watched it, uh, and it does not hold up at all. With with exception to a, a couple standout moments, kind of like Ian said. And I uh, rented it on Voodoo, I think. I think that's oh, where yeah. I ended up finding it. Okay. 
hop back in that time machine, boys, because it's uh, time to talk about Kyle's experience going to the theaters. You know what I'm saying? You were like 45 when this movie came out. No. Um, 2004, great year. Uh, I was a freshman in high school. And when this film came out, uh, the the ring um, the ring hype was real. And for those who weren't there to live through that, I'm sorry, but it was a fun time. It was a time that um, a lot of exposure to Japanese cinema started with like mainstream audiences in America. Um, There's a reason why the ring only had a, an opening weekend of 15 million and this one had an opening weekend of 30 something million because people saw the ring and they wanted more like they wanted more of this shit and when the trailers to the grudge came out i was extremely excited and the trailers if just go back and watch the trailer um maybe i'm remembering it just from my like 15 year old self but i remember being so fucking terrified of just the trailer and in part of the trailer, they had that scene where she opens the door and the head kind of like falls through the door. And I just remember going, dude, this movie is going to be fucking terrifying. And um, it came out. I enjoyed it when it came out and I never watched it again. And I don't know why, because I did enjoy it when I watched it in theaters. I never thought it was as scary as The Ring. Um. Ian's kind of uh, um, the way he's terrified of this movie is the way I felt with the ring when it first came out and um, it, it never lived up to the ring to me. If we're doing a comparison right now, I've been team ring since the beginning and uh, I've never strayed. Now, I said that I haven't watched this film since I've seen it the first time, and I will agree with Brendan. It does not hold up at all. Um, I watched this movie on DVD, and it's in my collection. So, that being said, Ian, you were bringing up some uh, jump scares that you thought were standout. Now, most critics state they did not deliver on the jump scares. Ian, it sounds like you disagree with that, right? Um, I do. Yeah, I think there are some really um, iconic scares, uh, memorable uh, for sure. Um, the first scare being the one where she's going in the attics or in, in, the, in the attic, and um, you have you have the uh, lighter, and she turns mm. and uh, not Sadako, what's her name? Kayoko is um, behind her and like eats her, I guess. Okay. The next one is uh, unless you guys want to dissect that. Or... No, 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 no. Just um, I mean, I think I got nothing to say about that one. I, I will say though that this movie, I agree. I don't really think the jump scares delivered personally, um, but that there is some fucked up imagery and just the when you see her in the shadows before the lighter turns all the way around. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh no, fuck that. Fuck <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> I was like, fuck that. Yeah. Um, the most iconic, uh, one to me is the apartment scene scare where, um, what's her name? Susan? Is it Susan? Yeah, it's Susan. Um, she gets a call 
from Matthew saying that he's at the apartment door, like downstairs. Um, as soon as she, or is she still on the phone with him by the time he gets to her apartment no. door? No, no. Okay. No, no, no. She hangs up with him and then she hears her doorbell ring and then she goes to investigate. Yeah. He gets there in an instance. Uh, she opens the door. No one's there. Goes back to her bed because she's super freaked out. The phone just did the freaking noise and um, gets underneath the covers, which everyone knows is a safe haven. That is like, that's spawn, right? That's that's your spawn point. You, your you, spawn you, point? Yeah, like in, in video game terms. Like, mm. you can't get hurt there. Gotcha. Right? I... The grudge then peeks through the uh sheets and uh she gets sucked into the nether i thought that was um a great scare and it made me very uncomfortable that was one of the ones that got me as a kid brennan what about you do you agree that from critics that most of the jump scares did not deliver do you agree or disagree with that and which jump scare was your favorite yeah, you know, I think that the jump scares in this movie are <clears throat> I think that they're that they're better that that they're better done than a lot of movies, but the jump scares don't really do it for me. It's more of the the slow building things like like that scene that Ian was just talking about. Well, there is a bit of a jump scare aspect to it. It it's slow and it takes its time. And it really kind of like crawls under your skin. Um, the other thing that I really liked, where I feel like some people might call it a jump scare, but I don't think it is. It's the the shower scene mm. mm-hmm. with the with the hand that comes out of the back of her head. Mm-hmm. That's um, a good scare too. Would you guys consider that a jump scare? I wouldn't, because it's it, but it happens in an instant, and then it's well, gone. That's why I would consider it a jump scare is because it happens so suddenly. It's trying to get a quick reaction out of you. Um, I mean, it doesn't necessarily, like, something doesn't necessarily have to, like, pop in and out of the frame in order for it to be a jump scare, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, no, that, that, that's the other image that, that really got me the most. I really like that one, too. And I've always been, like, scared to close my eyes when I shampoo, yeah. <laughs> That's why I don't shower. That's why I just don't shower. Um, also, the Ted Raimi scene is just badass. Yeah. You're talking about the staircase where she turns around? Uh, yeah, yeah. And she turns around and her, her tongue's just chilling out there. And Yoko? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, uh, I, I don't think the jump scares deliver. Um, I think they're all pretty weak as... A, a jump scare none of them actually got that jump scare um reaction out of me but i do think a lot of the imagery in the jump scares are very effective and scary um i mean the one that always gets me and i i i always re rewound or i rewound it this time excuse me um is when towards the end of the movie when karen is trying to escape and the door, the front door opens up and then uh, you got uh, Kayako's head that just like slowly falls. Mm-hmm. I love the way that looks. I, re- I rewound it when I was watching it this time because it just, it looks so practical. It is, but like just 
the darkness behind her is so cool. Like that's the outside of the house and you would be able to see something if that door was open, but it's almost like it's, it's all just gone. It's all in the void and it's just her there. And I really, really love that shot. I think it's so cool. And then, um, of course the bed scene, the, yeah, to what Ian said, there's nothing, there's nothing worse than when somebody takes away your safe spot and, going under the covers is a universal safe spot. And that imagery scared my significant other quite a bit. Like she's throughout the movie we were watching and it's really funny. It's, it's, it's almost like watching it with somebody for the first time. Cause those big scenes that are supposed to hit, it still hit her. And she was just like, Oh God, Oh no. Oh Jesus Christ. Fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> and like, it still hit her. And it was very, it, it was very, um, it, it's weird to say heartwarming, but it was very heartwarming to watch. Because it, it, uh, I, I like that this movie can still affect somebody in that way, um, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, now, where do you think, doing a little bit of a comparison here, where do you think this movie, let me back up. Between the, the ring, they showed Kayako quite a bit more than the girl in the ring. Um, now, do you think that this was a detriment to the movie or do you think it was something they did effectively as far as showing the girl and, um, do you think they did it well or do you think it kind of, they kind of failed in that aspect? Brendan, we'll go with you if that makes sense as a question. Um, yeah, yeah, it does. I, I think that the way that they did it in the ring makes sense that they have her in less because, um, you know, you have the the terrifying images on the video, and then the strange things that start happening to you as a result of her. Whereas in the Grudge, um, you have uh, Toshio, and then you have um, Kayoko. Yes, yeah. Um, and you have her. So I I think that it's very different the way that they're showing us these two different antagonists where. Uh, in the ring, she can be, you know, held back until pretty much the very end. Whereas in the grudge, I think it was necessary to get the story across by having her in as much as they did. So I, I think that that was one of the things that they did pretty well. Ian, what about you? Um, I mean, there's a huge difference. There's like two almost nearly three ghosts in this film compared to Ringu or the ring. Um, so they are very similar films in the sense that they, they kind of have the, the same style and they, they have very drawn out scenes and very eerie um, moments. But I think that um, the grudge does it better. Just, the um quantity of scares are to my liking. I do like the story of um the ring more though. Well, the story is a good point because in the ring uh that that's completely it's not based off anything real in real life, I guess. Um this plays heavily into a uh, a superstition or cultural thing in Japan and Ian, do you have any information on that? I do. So whilst I was watching Jew on the Curse Part 1 and 2, 
um, I thought that there was a very um, informative piece of information at the start of one of them, which um, stated, Juwan, a curse born of a strong grudge held by someone who died. The place of their death gathers their grudge. Anyone who comes into contact with their curse shall lose his or her life, and a new curse is born. So that kind of gives context to, like, why people are dying and what how this this um curse spreads it's, I, I it's have someone who comes into contact with one of these people or um one of these people who have the curse on them mm-hmm. in in juan does the does the uh the ghost ever leave the house like it does in the grudge yeah oh okay so juan the curse um, part one and two are it were the first ones that he made, and then he did a remake of those films, which was Juan the Grudge, and this is um the the American remake of that film that he also made. So it's a double remake. It's a this is the third movie that he's made of the same story, but I think that The Curse does it way better, and it has um um I like the structure of that film. And it really shows the, um, it actually shows like how Kyoko and, um, what's the little boy's name? Toshio. Toshio died. And the whole story behind that. The cats, the, 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 um, the reason why he does that little cat noise is because the father of that family, um, well, he, he killed them. That, that was obvious, right? Um, he those spirits are connected so that's why he does that little cat noise uh the reason why uh kyoko does that little that 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 other noise that i don't like to do uh i can't do it that one thank you for yeah thank they, they, we're gonna that one uh, we're, we're gonna we're gonna we're good um but the reason why she does that is because her neck or her head was like twisted um almost like completely did a 180 and that's her trying to breathe out of her twisted uh, neck tube. That's hot. It is twisted hot. neck tube. That sounds like a metal band. <laughs> Ultimately, though, um, what do you think that this movie did the most right? I mean, it, critically, it did not sit as well with, I mean, critics and even fans than The Ring. But I don't think this movie was a complete mess, by all means. Um I guess we'll just kind of finish this off unless you guys don't have anything else to say before we get into our final thoughts is what do you ultimately think this movie did the most right Ian compared to the other films um, it brought some of the better scares and um, though it left out some really good ones um, I've what did it <laughs> what did it do good it's way better than Joe on the curse in my opinion uh, that movie uh, goes back and forth between um, like time and reality and does this weird um, it, you know when Michelle um, Sarah Michelle Geller goes to the um, top of the staircase and she sees Bull um, Bill Pullman's story mm-hmm. it does a lot of that in that other movie so I think the the it toning down that um, those segments um, really helped it okay Brennan, what do you ultimately think this movie did the most right? Um, 
I would say appeal. I, I think that whereas the ring seemed more genre focused after realizing the the possible success that that a movie like the ring could have i think that they did a good job making this movie commercially accessible to someone who would just go out on a random friday night on a friday night and, and pick a random movie and go watch it as well as making it appealing to 2004 genre fans so i, I think that they did a good job of of making a movie that would succeed in 2004 hmm, well said i agree with that um, so we'll put a pin in it there. We're going to get into our final thoughts and reviews, unless you guys have anything else you want to cover. Um, who would win in a fight? <laughs> Sadako or Kyoko? There is a movie about it. Which we will be covering, so we'll wait and put a pin <laughs> on that question as well. Um, Ian. Final thoughts and reviews. Final reviews. Review of The Grudge 2004. It definitely doesn't hold up to when I saw it when I was like five. But um, I did watch it during the day. Um, and I think if I watched it at night, I would still be afraid. Um, the scares are very good, though they're not jump scary. Like they don't get that reaction, like Kyle said. Um, they are very effective um, imagery. Um, I think that this is an enjoyable watch. I like putting the pieces together in this mess of a franchise. Um, I'm going to give it a three star. Brendan, final thoughts on The Grudge 2004? Uh, so I, unlike Ian, I watched it at night with all the lights turned off. Uh, did not think that it scared me. And then I went down to my basement to get my laundry out of the dryer, and I was scared shitless. Um, so yeah. the movie did have an effect on me. Um, definitely not the worst movie ever made. Very fun at times, and then I actually think there's some very funny scenes in the movie. Um, but definitely doesn't have that 11 year old 2004 feeling from me anymore uh so i would have to give it i'm gonna give it an extra half star just because of ted Raimi. so i'll give it a three okay um yeah this movie doesn't hold up as well i'll i'll repeat that uh it doesn't hold up as well as when i watched it the first time back in 2004 um i i also agree it's 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 not a terrible movie. I just think that it was in the shadow of a really good 2000 or a, a really good movie that did it better. And, um, I think that was really its biggest hurdle to jump over was having to compete with the ring in the eyes of everybody. Um, but the, yeah, the imagery was, was really cool and really fucked up. And I, I would say this, one of the, bigger downsides for me was the pacing and the way they kind of jumped in between the three story arcs of everybody. Um, it got a little messy at times, but, um, I, I enjoy it. I'm glad I own it. Um, I'm going to also give it a three. So that puts this at a three on the letterboxd ruminations of radio, <laughs> ruminations of radio, <laughs> ruminations of red room account. 
speaking of, could we take a quick, thick piss break? And folks, before we get into the greatest game show of all time, we're going to be taking a official Ruminations of Red Room thick piss break. Please enjoy this ad by our sponsor, Ruminations Radio Network. What's up, gang? This is Hoptimus. You've been listening to one of the great new podcasts from Ruminations Radio Network. If you want some more tasty sound vibes, come check out my new podcast, The Retro Futurist Culture, where we talk about alternate timelines, cyberpunk, anime, and other crazy worlds. If that does not strike your fancy, we have plenty of other great shows at RuminationsRadioNetwork.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Now it's time for... (laughs) Your favorite game. Is it fresh? Is it rotten? I don't know. Is it fresh? The game where my contestants have to guess if a film is fresh or rotten with only the guidance of me providing a description of the film. Rotten Tomatoes uses a 100-point scale. Any rating 60% or higher is fresh, and anything below is rotten. If they guess fresh or rotten correctly, they have they move to round two, where they have to guess the percentage that is within 7% of the actual score. And if they are correct, they get awarded a second point. So far, year to date, we have Ian at three, Brendan at 12, myself at five, and Mitch at one. Gentlemen, are you ready? I was born ready. Ready, Freddy. Hundreds of years ago, there was a battle between the warriors of light and the evil warriors of darkness. Realizing that they were evenly matched, the two sides agreed to a truce. The fragile peace between good and evil is kept in place by two groups, each monitoring the opposite side. Now, one of the warriors of light finds himself at the center of a prophecy that may mark the end of the delicate balance between the two sides. Genre, horror, fantasy, action. All right, this is either um, 1994's Double Dragon or Chronicles of Riddick. I don't think it's either, but those are my guesses from what I've gathered. Uh, this has got to be rotten. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I think we have to say rotten. You are both incorrect. It is the, it is directed by Timur Bekmabedov. His highest-rated film is the 2008 film Searching at 91%. It is the 2004 film Night Watch at 72% with 100,000-plus ratings. Isn't that a vampire movie? I don't know. I think it's like a like a fantasy so it's like vampires Mm. werewolves demons angels it's like a whole bunch of shit i think (laughs) um a russian film Mm. yeah yeah. hence the the butchering of me trying to say the director's name are you guys ready for number two no no points on the board yet Mm. ever since his father passed away art student alan parker has been hypnotized by thoughts of death After his girlfriend, Jessica, breaks up with him, Alan attempts suicide, but is rescued by his friends. The next day, he learns that his mother has just had a serious stroke, and he sets out to hitchhike to her hospital. Along the way, he meets a series of strange people, including sinister George Staub, who may be Satan. 
What? This um, sounds terrible. Can you repeat the second to last sentence? The next day, he learns that his mother has just had a serious stroke, and he sets out to hitchhike to her hospital. Oh, that last sentence is pretty long. Um, I'm going to say rotten. Whoa. I'm going to go rotten. It is, in fact, rotten. One point awarded each. Guess the percentage. Can you repeat the <laughs> 20th word, please? Jessica. Fuck. All right. Mm. I'm going to go 32. I'll prices rate you 35. You guys are both correct. Both awarded the second points at a 33% with 5K plus ratings genre horror. It is the 2000 film, 2004 film, Riding the Bullet, directed by Mick Garris. His highest rated film is Nightmare Cinema 2018, rated at 76%. Fun fact, the man who may be Satan is David Arquette in the movie. Oh, wow. It is now 2 2. Seeing images of it looks pretty uh, rad. Huh. Are you ready for number three? Damn, I was one. I was one point. You were one, and Brendan was two. Brutal. All right. A creepy mortician, Mr. Sims, attempts to scare teenage drug dealer Stack and his friends straight by telling them four horrifying stories. I know what this is. One is about a guilt riddled cop. Who goes crazy after ignoring his corrupt partner. He also tells of a meek schoolboy with terrifying supernatural powers. Although the young thugs want to take their drugs and escape Mr. Sims, he still has two more tales to tell. This movie's fresh as fuck. I'm almost certain that this is Tales from the Hood. Um, and that, <laughs> that's genre, gotta be fresh. Genre horror comedy. It's got to be fresh. It is, in fact, fresh. Guess the percentage. So if this is Tales from the Hood 2, which I think it might be, um, it's not. It's not. When has a 2 ever been rated higher than a 1? Godfather. Terminator 2. Okay. 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 <laughs> I'm moving on. I can go on if you want me to. <laughs> um, I mean, Return of the King. That's probably higher, right? Um, that's the third one. Is it the third one? Guess the percentage. Uh, Seventy-seven. Brendan. Oh, I said seventy-five. Oh, I didn't hear you. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> Brennan gets awarded the fourth point. What? Damn, I was going to go 74. 
The it is rated at 68% with 10k plus ratings. He made it on the point. It is the 1995 film Tales from the Hood. Are you serious? By Rusty Ken. His highest rated film is 83% Fear of a Black Hat. Oh my god. So we got Brendan at four, Ian at three. Are you ready for the final movie? You're not pulling my chain on that one. That really fucking hurts. <laughs> uh, really After spending time in a psychiatric facility, young Anna finds significant changes in store at home. Her widowed father is now engaged to her mother's former nurse, Rachel. One night, the ghost of Anna's mother appears, screaming for revenge and accusing Rachel of murder. Anna and her sister, Alex, start to investigate but they may be unprepared for the lethal battle of wills that ensues. Is it fresh or frozen? What's the first sentence again? After spending time in a psychiatric facility, uh, young Anna finds significant changes in store at home. Oh, I know what this is. Um, rotten. This is a remake. Fuck this movie. Okay, well, Ian sounds sure, and I have no clue, so I'll say rotten. It is, in fact, rotten. Guess the percentage. Ian still has a chance to tie and gain the lead. If he gets it wrong, he loses. Uh, since I dick wrote on my answer, I'll try and answer first here so that I'm not going off Ian so it doesn't feel cheap. Um, I'll say 41. Damn. I know Americans like this movie. Ian's do not. <laughs> Ian is not American. <laughs> um damn. What's the what's the oh, it's like the cutoff is 60, right? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go 51. You guys are both correct, which means Brendan takes this episode. However, it is at 49% with 250,000 plus ratings. It is the 2009 film The Uninvited, directed by Thomas Gard and Charles Gard. Their highest rated film is, in fact, The Uninvited, with a critic's rating of 32%. Wait, didn't Brendan guess 41? He did. Never mind. So we are sitting at a tie, boys. Tiebreaker. A lonely and mentally disabled boy who lives with his older brother is urged by a reflection in an antique mirror to go on a murderous rampage. Genre horror. I was not ready. I'm sorry. Uh, rotten. Oh. A lonely and mentally disabled boy who lives with his older brother is urged by a reflection in an antique mirror to go on a murderous rampage. Hmm. Hmm. Wait, hold on. I, I, I take that back. I'm going to think about it. Take your time. Sounds like a Goosebumps episode. Uh, I'm going to go. Oof. That's a tough one. 
Because how can you give a rotten score to a men- mentally disabled kid, right? Easily. You can't. What? <laughs> Brendan, that's <laughs> not right. Um, <laughs> easily, easily. Um, I'm hmm. kidding. I'm kidding. Goes on a rampage in, in a mirror. This has to be a 90s movie. If it's 90s horror, a lonely and mentally disabled boy who lives with his older brother is urged by a reflection in an antique mirror to go on a murderous rampage. I'm going to go rotten. I'm, I'm going to stick with rotten. You guys are both correct. Guess the percentage. <clears throat> Uh, 45. I was going to say, um, whatever, 47. You guys are both correct. Oh. <laughs> it is sitting at a 49%. It is the 2017 film of The Evil Within, directed oh, so bad. by the Andrew Getty. His highest rated film is, in fact, The Evil Within at 100%. With critics, obviously. There's a really cool story behind that. It took like over 10 years to make. And he was like strung out on heroin the whole time or something. Yeah. Well, in that case, that moves the needle to Ian to four, Brendan to 13. You guys are both awarded a point. How do you guys feel about that outcome? Unsatisfied. Uh, Ian, I'm ready to uh, throw the gloves off, as they say in hockey. This has been another episode of Ruminations of Red Room, the Japanese-speaking Bill Pullman of the Ruminations Radio Network. Uh-huh. Nailed it. If you like what we're doing here, be sure to follow us on Twitter at of Red Room. That's OF Red Room. And check out our Discord where you can come talk about all things horror with other horror fans. The link to join the Discord is in our Twitter bio. And please subscribe on iTunes or Spotify and make sure you hit us up with a review and give us a rating. That being said, I'm your host, Kyle, with a K. And today joining me, I have my two lovely boys, Brendan, the new blood. Uh, I can't do it. Arigato, Michelangelo. Have a good day, brother. And Ian with Chewies. Oh, that, that was... uh, stay sweet.